Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Clutch Talk podcast slash YouTube slash We Do It All. As always, I'm your host, John. Very happy to be here. My boy, Jay Hills over there in the six. How you doing, my dog? Doing great. I'm doing great. The weekend's here, bro. I can't even complain about that. But I'm also doing great because we got a, another, another, another great guest. We keep them coming. Um, this this cat holds the school record for most made threes and the best th- uh, free throw percentage in school okay. history. I do. My guy, Mike Lewis, man, <laughs> from Duke. Do you? I don't know, man. That's what man, it, I mean, it probably sounds right, but I yeah. didn't even know that. You just taught me yeah. something about myself today. I didn't know that. So. Mike Lewis, man, you don't even know. You a, you a legend over there, man. You a legend <laughs> over there. You, 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 you setting, setting records. He ain't even know, man. So, yeah, I ain't even big, know, man. Big shout out to our guy, Mike, man. But like how Justin said, Mike Lewis, man. Mike Lewis second. We're uh, very happy to have you on the pod, man. So w- welcome, man. How, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, y'all. But I mean, yeah, I'm doing great. Getting ready to get up out of here in a couple of weeks. So just trying to do what. Everybody got to do, got to do the little stuff, pick up your international driver's license, see the family, pack. Oh, I hate packing. So a little stuff like that, you know what I'm saying? But I'm doing good. Absolutely, man. Well, we we happy to, uh, to to you know, to get into it with you, man. We we happy to, that you're doing good and ready to head off here. Um, but, but yeah, man, so for all the family out there, uh, what, what we're going to get into today is we're going to get into Mike Lewis's story and um, everything. Uh, how he came from from born being born in Houston, Texas, to St. Louis, to where he is now, and and what's next. So um, for the family, I hope you guys enjoy that. But my boy Justin, what, what's up? You you got something to say, my boy? What? No, I was just gonna ask. You say you got to get an international driver's license. You gonna be driving out there, Mike, or what, what's up with that? Yeah, yeah. So I don't. I'm not gonna say every, but I know most clubs give guys cars. So mm-hmm. it happened in Poland last year. Before I went, they was like. Yeah, go get you an international driver's license. I'm like, bro, like, I don't know how to do that. But then all you really do is actually, it's crazy how simple it is. You go to AAA and just tell them you need one. And they take a picture and they give you like this little pamphlet and that's it. I'm like, it's easier to get an international driver's license than it is to get one in yeah. the state. Like, so it'd be little stuff like that that you don't know until you know. You know what I mean? So did you? You don't even have to show your driver's license or what? No. So and I actually noticed that I got pulled over a few times last year. <laughs> but no, when they That's pull you crazy. over, they just ask you know like typical stuff like for your license, and then you okay. show them the international driver's permit, and then should that really be it? Another thing I learned is if you get a speeding ticket, they probably gonna ask you to pay cash. Like that's a thing okay. in Europe. So if you ever go to Europe and they say that, they're not trying to get over on you. That's real. Like if you got cash, they pay. But if you don't, then they send a ticket to wherever you live, and it'll be a little more expensive than if you had cash. Man, okay, they <laughs> they trying to just get it up front. They trying to get the money <laughs> right. up front. Yeah, they need it right there. They need it right there. <laughs> man, okay, absolutely, man. So we you know we'll definitely get into uh, your time in uh, overseas, your time in Europe and Poland and all that, man. But you know, where we like to start here is where it all started, man. So we know, we, you know, we know you were, you know, raised in St. Louis in St. Louis, Missouri. But what I want to know is who put that ball in your hands and at what age? Yeah. So I would say my grandma originally, my grandma, my dad's mom um, gave it to me. I want to say around age three or four. And she had my uncle put up in the backyard, like a little, you know, like the little tights hoop. Yep. So they, Started it and put the backboard in the rim like on the tree and nailed it to the tree and one of my first memories was her 
and my uncle saying like, whenever you outgrow this hoop on this tree, because it's probably five foot, you know, whenever you outgrow this, you're going to be a superstar. You know, so that was immediately early, the christening, like, look, this is what you're going to do. And then I would say when I start personally really taking it kind of serious was again kind of early. I was about eight, nine years old. And I was down here in Houston right before we moved to St. Louis. And I was one of my last games playing at the YFCA. And it was this Hawaiian dude down here, man. And we, me, my mom, my brother was walking out the gym. And he walked up to us. He's like, I'm not trying to interrupt y'all. But he put like these flowers around my neck. And it's like, his kid's going to be special. Man. And then wow. just in life, like he was like, yeah, maybe basketball, but in life, this kid's going to be special. Like, and that was it. And then we moved to St. Louis and then I found who I found, start hoping and boom. Man, that's crazy, man. That's crazy. <laughs> that's, man. crazy. That's, crazy. that's, you know, yeah. that, that, that's one of those stories, man, that's been, that's been ordained from the beginning, you know, that's been, uh, you know, got God, the Lord and some, someone's been, been watching over that, man. So yeah. that's, that, that's really cool to say that I, I will say this out of all the stories that we've heard, as to how you started basketball, that has been hands down the coolest. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, big shout out to you for that, man. Yes. And then, and I want to know, you know, so when when you were playing on that hoop, and you know, when you were when you were young, like, was there anyone that you were trying to model your game after? Was it, you know, maybe a family member you seen, or was it players that you, that she was watching? Um, to be honest, no. I always, and I understand, I understand now, but growing up, I always looked at basketball differently. It wasn't never like a. Besides Tracy McGrady, I said that would be the only dude that I was like, okay, this is my favorite player. Because I'll never forget the night he scored 13 points in the last 30 seconds versus Spurs. I was watching that game. And I was like, oh, this dude different. Like, I, I, like, I love basketball. This is crazy. But before that, I always looked at it like, okay, who do I move similar to on the court? Like, what moves do they do to get open? Like, I always looked at it in a detailed way. You know what I mean? So as far as modeling my game, I would say the person I took the most stuff from would be Brad Bill because he went to our high school. I got to see him work out growing up a lot, like up close and build a relationship. And we kind of moved similarly to each other. So I would say I took a lot of stuff from him. But outside of that, I mean, I don't really have too many people. It's just kind of look at the details of the game, you know. Sure. You talk about Brad Bill, man. I, I mean, we need to hear more about that. So, you know, how what was that? relationship are you talking about more from a mentor standpoint because i know you will get into it more but i know you went to shamanad right if i'm correct yeah and, uh i guess that's i know he went there as well what was that mm-hmm. relationship and how how was that working out with brad yeah it's still something that gets more and more developed the older i get personally um but it definitely started out more as a mentor you know you would see him in summer times while we'd be there doing high school practice he'd come in um, right before the draft or something, get on the side and shoot 2,000 jump shots on the gun. Like, after he'd worked out again already, it's like, bro, what you – at the time, like, bro, this you about to go to the league. Why are you in here with us doing this? But as you get older, you understand the importance and stuff like that. Um, so just being able to have somebody that's really successful and then been through everything and more than you have, be able to reach out to and ask questions, you know what I'm saying, and actually still be humble enough to respond. You know what I mean? Like that, I feel like that's the most important thing about it is humility. You know what I mean? So I feel like it's definitely one of my most prized relationships that I've built over the years. Um, even just his whole family from his brother helping me with investing money. That's what his brother is good at. You know what I mean? They big on family in the Bill family, you know? So I would say it's it's definitely something I can't really put into words, you know? So it's it's a cool relationship to have for sure. 
man absolutely yeah that's that's super cool man i I always think that you know players that are able to come back to their hometown and actually Mm -hmm. you know give life and 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 breathe into you know these young cats and tell them like look it's possible to make it and that will be the world of a change i mean i know just just on just on your charmin uh team you guys had four players that went division one so uh definitely you guys definitely had you know a good mentor in uh bradley beal man but that's that's exactly what i want to get into now you know your high school experience like how was your high school experience um, playing for a, a team that was nationally ranked? You know, by your senior year, you guys were the number seven uh, nationally ranked team. You guys had four Division One players on the on the squad. Yeah, you guys, your senior year went twenty seven and five. So definitely, like a, <laughs> the normal high school kid does not have that. So, like, talk yeah, to us sure. about how that feels and how your high school basketball experience was. So I say all the time, we were professionals at like the age the eighth grade. Actually, like this story goes back. The whole that whole team from start to bottom, I say, only person we didn't know was Tyler Cook. We met him at Shaman in eighth grade, but everybody else, we've been knowing each other since third, fourth grade, right? So it, it's crazy how we all end up at the same high school, which most of that happened because we had conversations growing up about going to the same high school. <laughs> but once we were there, you know. We all understood, first and foremost, we all got to sacrifice. You got this man Tatum. We know who he going to be. It ain't no hating. It ain't no question about it. That's what it is. And the second in line is Tyler. He got to get his touches because the dude's 16 years old with a 45-inch vert. <laughs> get, get him the ball. You feel me? Mm-hmm. And then, all right, Mike, you be third option. Okay, cool. I'm cool with that, but we need you to run the team. All right, cool. I got you. And then we had the other guy you talking about, Jericho. Um, who was a year younger, you know, but he come in, he's, he's a dog, you know, he was a cleanup guy at first and then he developed into a skilled player, you know, as we got older and once we left and it was his team, you know, so that dynamic to this day is, it's everything. I can speak for me personally. I know it's a huge factor in the rest of those guys' lives too, because when you have the definition of iron sharp and iron, like, yeah, well, the games were cool. Traveling was cool, but y'all should have seen practice, bro. Like, it was war. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Like, it, it was – you got four professional basketball players on one team. Absolutely. We And we yeah, we love each other, but we going at it because we understand we're going to get our most competition in practice, not in the game, until we go play, like, Oak Hill or something. You know, so that was everything. But I would say as far as traveling, man, it was lit. Like, we were living a professional and collegiate life in high school, you know, so like it was lit from hotel parties to all type of stuff, man. Like it, it was crazy, you know. So by the time we got to college and then now in the professional world, we pretty much done everything. So we can actually focus on what we need to focus on. But yeah, man, it's we talk about it like at least once a week in our group chat, something from high school comes up and we talk about it again. Like it's it's crazy. Man, that's that's quite an experience. And, you know, you talk about, you know, having that exposure early on from like a professional stamp kind of feel, which is amazing. But as even though even so, but that being said, you're 14, 15 years old, 16 years old, and you got all that attention right from an early from an early age. Like this is something 16, a normal 16 year old is not equipped to dealing with. Right. All the media attention, coaches, recruiting, all that. So talk about how you were able to stay focused 
or the, the group of you were able to stay focused on that, having all those distractions. And you even said hotel parties. I don't even, wasn't even know what a hotel party was when I was in high school. I know that. Thing. <laughs> man. Talk about that, Mike, man. I know that's, that's different for a lot of, uh, for a lot of teenagers. So I think um, the biggest thing was just the, our culture at the school. So first, a lot of people don't know, Shaman is an all boys school. Right. And it's from grade six to 12. It's about 600 of us. So that's that you instill, they instill discipline in you. They want. Um, and then, I mean, being in St. Louis, I mean, it's not the most opportunity driven city, you know, so we had a lot of people we cool with. They just one or two things you probably doing playing a sport, going to school or you in the streets. So, you know, that kind of made that decision up for you quick and in a hurry as well. Like, all right, I want to do something more with my life. And I'm surrounded by like-minded people, so staying focused kind of it was it was it wasn't easy, but it was easier knowing like okay, I know if I'm going out here and playing around with this, like one, I'm not gonna get blessed, and two, like I'm playing with my life literally. Mm -hmm. So let me stay in this gym <laughs> with these dudes. You know, have fun. You know, have a little fun, but we're gonna stay in the gym with these dudes, and because we got somewhere we want to go, you know. And then once you get to college, is when it's like. I've really formed a great habit and then you do the process again and then it goes on and on. But I would say, and then it was before the time where social media wasn't like it is now. Like people had Instagram and had Facebook, but what's going on now was nowhere near, you know? So it was a lot easier to stay focused because there was a lot of stuff we ain't really have to deal with as far as once you got home, you know what I mean? Like we didn't have somebody in Michigan being able to really reach out to you and know who you are. Like they probably knew, but they don't know you where I could go message this dude and actually get in contact right now. So that was another thing that made it easier was it was the world was a little smaller because social media wasn't as crazy. Man, oh, I, I, I absolutely feel that. And and what I what I want to touch on is like, you know, you talked about, uh, you know, Shamanah Prep being an all boys school. I, I didn't know that. But uh, me, both me and Justin, we went to De La Salle out here in the Bay Area. And that's also an all boys school. And I just I just I really like, uh, you know, how you, you talked about, you know, your maturity of being able to, you know, focus, because I remember me personally in high school, like hating the fact that it was an all boys school. But oh, me got, too. When I got to college, <laughs> I realized like, I, I, there were so many things that I had in order that all my friends who went to a public school didn't have in order or didn't know how to do. So I think that that's huge of you to be able to, you know, in the moment, be able to recognize it. The only reason why I finished out my high school is my parents' Navy. Like, that, like that's the only reason, right? But if it was for me, I would have went somewhere, somewhere else. So I think that for you to be able to understand that at such an early age, it speaks to your maturity. And mm -hmm. it's, it's something that you know, honestly, I, I, I want the, I want the family out there and everybody and even for you to know, man, like that's you know, big hats off and props to you, man. Appreciate and, uh, that, bro. But what I want to know, you know, but before we get to your time in college, what I want to know is, you know, you, you play with Jason Tatum, you know, that we, we know we know what he's doing. We know what he's doing right now. But can you is there any stories you could give us about whether maybe like on the road or in a game, anything that you feel comfortable sharing any yeah, funny Jason Tatum story when he was young? I know you guys said. You've been knowing each other since elementary school. Yeah. Um, I got some. We we talked about one day, but I do have this one when we knew he was different on the court. Like we knew, but this is the day we all looked at each other, was like, oh yeah, this this is for real. So it was our senior year, and we hadn't had a game in like two weeks for whatever reason. And you know, dudes. 
you about to, we've committed. So you got that, you feeling yourself a little bit. It's senior year. We like, yeah, we about to win the ring. Um, you getting more girl action. Like, you know, senior year high school, you know how it is. Like, yeah. you know. You driving. So, yeah, you driving now. Exactly. <laughs> you know, you feeling yourself. You feeling yourself. <laughs> so it was one day. It was one week, actually. He was off, like, um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Like, he had made maybe three shots of practice. So, we talking shit. I'm talking about, yeah, you going to do? We locking this shit up. This and that. Like, you know, when I tell you this Thursday came. And our coach set us up. I don't know if they talked about this during school or what. But coach walked in. He looked at us. It was like, hey, told our sister coach, hey, money. Put 30 minutes on the clock. Rolled the ball out. Said, y'all play. We like, bad. I kid y'all not, bro. When I tell y'all this man blacked out and scored 27 times, not 27 points, 27 times straight. Like everything, side steps, post face, dunking, talking ruthless. Like we was like, yeah, bro, he different, bro. Like, yeah, he 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 he's number one in the country, and he top three draft picks for sure. Like it's over with. Like you know what I'm saying? We knew then. Like it's, it's uh, this is over. He's on a completely. He's, this is on a completely different level. And he's six at the time, six, eight, six, nine, coming down, shooting hezzy pulls from half, like man, that's, that shit different. That's crazy, man. man. And 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 you know, for, for you being a childhood friend with him, did you did you could you know he was gonna be oh, yeah. Jason Tatum that he is now? Like yeah, one yeah, of the yeah. top 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 five best players under 25. Yeah. We told he told, first of all, he would tell you in like fifth grade, I'm going to the league. And then he'll go do some shit like he'll catch it. Especially me, I always look at details of the game. So if he had catch, jab, it bumped you and fade off one foot. But we in fifth grade. It's like, bro, what you want? Like, <laughs> like, how you even know how to do that in fifth grade? And, like, have it, like, tight mastered, though. Like, you know when to use it. Like, it ain't like a spam shot. Like, no. Nah. Uh, he bumping back, I'm fading. And I'm hitting him with the hezzy and going by, like, what? Man. You breaking people down like this in sixth grade? Yeah, just stay healthy, stay prayed up, bro. You got it. Like, we've been new. I, there was no surprise. None of this is no surprise to us. Wow, man, absolutely. That Well, I, I'll tell you, man, from the perspective of, you know, the fan of me not even ever knowing, like, a young Jason Tatum, that's crazy to hear uh, from your perspective. So, man, we we appreciate that story. And uh, he he's he's got a lot more to, to, to secure, too, man. He's got a big bags and some rings. Yeah, but secure, she does. So. And the biggest thing... I think the biggest thing I want us to say about him, not leave it alone, is he's, yeah, he's cool, he's quiet, but he's a dog, bro. Mm -hmm. Like, so he's going to figure it out. That's all I got to say about that. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, man. JT's a dog, man. But all right, man. So, so then, you know, after that, uh, you know, successful uh, high school career, uh, you know, you, you, you guys, you, you guys go to four division, four division one players and you decide to go to, to go to, again, I don't want to butcher it, but do saying university in Pittsburgh. Duquesne, man. Duquesne. 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 Duquesne University in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, man. And that's division one. And every time we have any division one players on here, I never like to just skip past that dog. Like, and I'm, I may sound like a broken record when I say it, but man, like less than 2% of all high school athletes end up yeah. going to play division one. So for you guys to have four people on your team to do that, that's absurd. And, you know, hats yeah. off and congratulations to you. But, uh, you know, talk to us about how your recruitment process was, you know, what made you choose that school over any others and all of that. Mm. So it's actually crazy, bro. Cause I got my first division one offer as a sophomore from Illinois state. So when that happened, 
um, at first I didn't really, I'm not going to say I took it for granted because I never take anything for granted, but it wasn't as shocking to me because literally almost everybody in our city at the time in our class went D1 in high major most. So it's like, it was just, oh, well, my homie over here doing it, so I'm doing it. It was like that type of mindset, right? Mm -hmm. But it wasn't until I say junior year, my junior year summer, I played on Adidas Gauntlet. That was my first time playing on a circuit in AAU because having to take a sacrifice role in high school, I always went separately in the summertime to work on my game, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was my first summer playing on a circuit and I torched the Adidas Gauntlet. Like, I was like top three in scoring, mm -hmm. top 10 in assists, like a few NBA dudes that's in the league now, torched them. And I picked up like 20 offers in one summer, right? So going into senior year, I'm like, how in the hell am I about to make this decision? Because I literally do not have enough time before signing day to get to know everybody. So I picked a couple of schools, Duquesne, um, Southeast Missouri, we call it CMO because they were close to the house. And uh, Xavier, where's Xavier? Ohio, yeah, Ohio. Mm -hmm. For my visits, I went to Duquesne first, and as soon as I get downtown Pittsburgh, I'm like, oh, this is a vibe. Like, I'm liking this already, right? And Coach Ferry, who is at UNBC now, he was the coach at the time, and he set me and my mom down and was like, I see something in you that you don't even know that you have yet, right? And he showed me clips of the three senior guards they had graduating. One dude is named Michael Mason. He was a sharpshooter. One dude is named Jeremiah. He was kind of a strong power guard. And then there was another guy named Derek Coulter, who was kind of a mix between both of them, but he was a lot smaller. And he said, I got visions of you being all three of these dudes in one. Right? And that was saying something because I had never really had a coach or anybody really sit me down and show me a plan because I'm a big control plan person, you know? So when I heard this, saw that, I'm like, all right, like he's trying to build something, you know? And that's what I like to do things for us because what else are we doing it for if you're not building it? So I was like, you know what, mama? Like, I got a good vibe about this dude and about this situation. And I know I'm going to play as a freshman because they graduated three guards. Mm -hmm. You know, that was, that was, I ain't going to lie, that was Priority number one, because <laughs> I know I want to be a pro. Be. I want to be a mm -hmm. pro, so I need to play my freshman year. I can't mm -hmm. afford to be no red shirt. No, I ain't got time for that. Man. Yeah. So it was cool. And she was like, you know, Duquesne used to be a good school back in the day. They kind of fell off recently. But, like, you know, it's a good school. She was big on academics, obviously, like most moms and parents are. So she was like, yeah, great academic school. You know, like, let's do it. So I get back home, and I was actually going to. I skipped the CMO tour and I was like, I'm going to go to Xavier because, you know, it's Big East. But before I went, a guard in my class committed that they said they wasn't recruiting. So that was my first taste of politics and the business. Mm. And they ended up canceling. I was still going to go to see, but they ended up canceling my, uh, whatchamacallit, my visit. So I'm like, well, this is a sign. I committed on spot. So Man. that's how that story oh. That's And... And my dark horse truth is St. Louis University didn't recruit me out of high school and they 10 minutes down the street. So that really like being a dog, like, bro, y'all got me messed up. Like y'all gonna get these dudes from out of state. Like y'all, and I'm right here. And mm -hmm. I'm very vocal in interviews saying, yeah, I will go to sleep if they offer me. Like I'm very vocal. Mm -hmm. But they, in the same conference as Duquesne and Atlantic 10. 
So I was like, okay, I get to play them twice a year. Bet. Yeah, I'm going. You <laughs> 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 was ready to go. Okay. Yeah, I need all of it. Beat the smoke. So, so, so that, that, you know, that's, let's get into that. You know, like uh, your freshman year, as a true freshman, you started in 31 of the 32 games. You led the team in scoring, made threes, free throw percentage, minutes per game. And you set a school record for most made threes and free throw percentage by a freshman. So, man, like that's an it's extraordinary freshman year that, you know, most freshmen don't uh, don't ever have or even dream of having. But talk to us about like how how did you handle that? And I, I know I usually like to ask people like, did you come in ready? You know, because high school and Division One is so different. But you had four Division One players, so you probably was ready for this, man. So talk to us about your freshman year. So it's actually funny. I would say I the first day we had workouts, I struggled with the speed because it went from like, oh, I'm playing with athletes, you know, to shit this game is fast like it's literally just fast everything's fast so about a couple of days it took me to adjust to that but after that our first open gym one of the um, seniors on the team at the time was like yeah man like this is my in the locker room like I'm cool dude I'm not even on none of this but he came up to me like yeah bro like actually he didn't come up to me he said in front of everybody like trying to embarrass me he was like yeah bro like you know you're gonna be playing behind me I was like, all right, bro. Like, I'll, you know, okay, whatever. He's like, I'm just letting you know now. Like, you're going to be playing behind me. Like, this is my shit, man. Like, I red shade last year, this and that. I said, bro, if you was that nice, they wouldn't have brought me here. But now you want to make this, a, I, I cool. Now you my first point to prove. So the first open gym, a couple hours later that day, I think the first game we went to 11, I had like 11 straight. <laughs> and I was just telling my coaches, like, I ain't gonna like get the wolfing because that's not my personality, but I tolerate no disrespect. Like, I don't care how old you are, like, I'm here. And that's all she wrote. She goes over with after that. Like, you know what I'm saying? But <laughs> hey, yes, so was that was that the moment? Was that the moment that you felt like, man, like I belong, I'm here, oh, like yeah, I'm yeah. supposed to be here? I knew then I was toward twitching the league that year because okay. I knew I would continuously run into the same disrespect. You know what I'm saying? Me, especially, I'm not that big now, but I'm a lot stronger now. But, like, at the time, like, I'm hella skinny. I'm 170 pounds. I ain't a freak athlete. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just all skilled. So, like, they was looking at me as the eye test, like, oh, he ain't no, no, we gonna punk him. No, you not. Like, but you about, you think you about to come in here on that? Like, I got something for you. <laughs> so that was my motivation all the college. I mean, to, it is still is to this day, but my first two years in college, that was my motivation. Like, and I felt disrespected by the Xavier thing still. I was still feeling some type of way about SLU not recruiting me. I'm feeling some type of way about people in the city. I don't know how he went D1, like that type of stuff. So like, I got a lot going on emotionally and I'm just channeling it in the perfect way to use it on basketball and not crashing out and doing something stupid. You know what I'm saying? Man, so you, you talk about a lot and that's, that's a, I love that story, that dog mentality you had, but you talk about, you know, having that chip on your shoulder and throughout your career. So was that something from early on in high school, you kind of, kind of realized like you were kind of getting overlooked because you obviously were playing with, like you said, a top three pick, you're playing with other guys mm -hmm. who were great caliber as were you, you know, you all went to vision one, but was that something you kind of carried with you and you felt you were kind of overlooked up until that point and then this was your time to prove it in your freshman year you know you yeah, step foot absolutely. on campus yeah okay. absolutely man i would say when when it first kind of clicked for me i would say eighth grade 
I wanted to try out for the EYBL team we had uh, at St. Louis. At the time, it was called St. Louis Eagles, but now it's called Bradley Billy Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, and they cut me. And I'm like, bro, I'm one of the best guards in the city, bro. Like, what, how do I get cut? Like, mm-hmm. So that was when it first clicked, like, okay, cool. And then my freshman year, I'm killing eighth grade, so I'm going into freshman year. I'm thinking, I know I ain't going to start, you know what I'm saying, as a freshman. But I could be on varsity, you know, get some minutes, like, get, see what it's like. So sophomore year, I can. I play JV. They put me strictly on JV. I'm like, okay, y'all have me messed up. Then sophomore year starts. I'm on, um, I'm on varsity. Coming off the bench, I'm like, okay, cool, whatever, you know. But then I start hearing rumors around the city, like, who is this little dude checking in the game? His shorts too big, this and that. Like, again, all right, y'all got me messed. So like every year it'd be something, it'd be something. I'd be like, all right, cool. I'm gonna continue to continue to prove. And not mostly it's people, because I really don't give a damn what other people think. But it really is on the inside. Like, are you gonna doubt yourself and listen, or are you gonna continue to dig in yourself and like reach higher and higher heights? You know, and now it's just like a habit. Like I hear something in the crowd or see something on Twitter, and it might not even have nothing to do with me, but I didn't switched it over and it got something to do with me now so now i got something you know what i mean like i'm kind of sick like i ain't gonna lie i'm kind of sick like i love that honestly mike yeah, i love it too dog like and like as you talk like i i, I genuinely think i think of, of two 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 people in my in mind one i think of um, in that last dance michael jordan was talking about if you want to be great you kind of like gotta twist your head to, to yeah, kind of be a little sick i've yeah. also seen lebron talking about um on the on the on when on the barbershop talking about sometimes he just looks on the crowd for somebody hating on him to find <laughs> that feel so yeah. for me so to hear that you know what i'm saying like that's to be around the presence of you know, lebron michael jordan and for you to have that same mindset you, people can look at it as sick but i mean us hoopers we know his greatness we know yeah, that you get it you yeah. have a switch mm-hmm. in you that most people just don't have because if they if they would have had it, they would have had in the same position, been in yeah. the same position you are, man. So that's that's huge, man. And we appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, no but, problem. Um, but you know, but, but before we get into your sophomore year, I want to I gotta ask one one last thing about your freshman year, man. So that one-handed three-pointer you had against, oh, that was luck. against oh, that was UMass, luck. but that was a top 10 play. That was the number was, two yeah. play in the ESPN top 10. How it did was. you feel after that? You know what's crazy, bro? So by the way, complete luck. I ain't never tried that before. I'm not even the type of person that shoot half-court shots after shoot around. That ain't me. Like, I'm big on, bro. I'm not shooting this in the game. I'm not about to practice. So that was luck. But it was crazy. I was chilling with um, some of my friends, a couple of teammates after the game. And they was like, oh, that was crazy, this and that. And somebody started screaming. I'm from St. Louis, bro. You don't just start screaming, like, for no reason. I'm like, bro, what's going on? Like, I'm, bro, you on sports center? I said, what I what I do? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, am I in trouble? Like, this ain't good. Like, he's like, nah, stupid. Like, you're on sports in the top 10. I'm like, oh shit, like what happened? And then he showed me the, I'm like, oh, that did happen. Like, I forgot about that. But I sports center, I'm still on y'all ass, bro. They didn't tag me. They did not tag oh, my profile. Wow. So I saw it actually pop up a couple, like a month ago. Somebody tagged me in it. It didn't got like six million views. And guess what? Not one follower or something, because they ain't never tagged me. Oh, wow. come on. I'm like, man, come on, y'all sports center. Killing me. Y'all killing me, bro. Come on, man. Oh, man. We on, hey, Mike, we on ESPN. We, 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 we got <laughs> we to gotta click this and we going to add them. We going to say they need to make it right, man. They yeah, need to we got to. Else. We right. got to, man. Come on, man. Oh, man. That's, that, that's like what they do in the college. They just free, just getting free publicity, man. You can't but, do that. That was before. And see, I was actually just talking to one of my homies about this the other day. That was before NIL and stuff, too. 
So I know mm. at the time they weren't tagging really no athletes they was posting. Because like you said, they can do that based off what we signed to be, especially in a division one. You sign some stuff saying you signing away your likeness. People don't even know that about our compliance meetings. Like they give you a pamphlet, it's 30 pages, bro. And we going through it and you signing your life away. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's why they didn't because they really couldn't at the time. So now this whole new generation that can do what they can do, man, I hope they take advantage of it and don't blow the money that they make. Actually have some fun, but put that other to the side, bro, because y'all are blessed. Like, mm-hmm. man, kids out here get paid, boy. Getting paid for real, man. See, that's that, that right there for anybody listening, man. If you in college getting, you know, enjoying that money, listen to some well, some good advice from our, our guy, yeah, Mike, man. But, but all right, Mike, so then, you, you know, um, your, your sophomore year, you again had a great year and led the team in scoring three point, uh, three point percentage, free throw percentage. But what I want to know is, you know, at that point, what was your mindset coming into every game? You know, you were such a vital part of the team's success. Uh, I know other teams playing you, they were scout reporting, looking at Mike mm-hmm. Lewis. So how was that uh, and what your mindset coming into every game? So... My first mindset was, okay, I need to win because I, at the time, I'm trying to get to the league. And I know coming from a small school, I have no chance of doing that if we don't make a tournament run. Like, we got to go to the league's round of 32 for me to get a workout. So that was my whole mindset. But that's when I start realizing everybody don't want to win. And coming from – you know, the upbringing I came from, that was never even a discussion. It was a how are we going to get this done? So now, sophomore year, I'm in a position of leadership, for real. I'm like, okay, going to teammates in the summer, I'm calling dudes, hey, y'all in the gym? It's 2 in the morning. I just got done working. I'm calling them. They getting high. They, they out in the club. But, yeah, you have some fun. But every day, bro. Man. So now I'm like, okay. I don't know. I one, I ain't never been in this situation, so I don't know how to handle losers. And then I don't know how to motivate dudes that are older than me because I'm a sophomore. <laughs> how do I motivate somebody that don't even want the same out of this that I want or that a couple other dudes on the team wants? Like, you outnumbered. And then you start learning about the business. Like, well, your AD might not care about winning because – you know, y'all losing, he might get extra funding for some for some BS reason. Or they didn't fire the coach that was actually got the recruits in. They fired him, so now everybody he recruited now, they decommitted, and now they go high major. So that lets you know the type of caliber players he had coming for our sophomore year. Mm-hmm. Like, little stuff like that, you know, so it was a complete wash. New coaching staff, almost whole new team. One of our starting centers was a guy that played for the old coach that never really played, but now he's our starting center. You know, so it's like, all right, well, this year's a wash. I got to try to do what I can, but I pray we get a – ain't getting no at-large bid. You got to win the 18. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, well, this is that. So it's like I really want people to realize, and this is a, something I never believe in regrets, but I, I, me being un, so unselfish kind of cost me a couple opportunities early in life because I should have transferred after my freshman year. I had a lot of schools calling, like, oh, his coach got fired. He leaving, right? I'm talking about Kansas, NC State, Oregon. Like, could have picked where I wanted to go, really. But I'm so big on the loyalty thing. Like, no, nah, we're going to build. That cost me. You got to understand the business that you need. They don't care. As soon as they done with you, bro, they done with you. Like, 
I don't care what nobody telling you. You might have a couple coaches, a couple people that you run into that's real people. I ain't gonna say everybody, you know, but y'all gotta know, people gotta know what business they in. You got at the end of the day, it's about you and your family, bro, and a couple people that you get cool with. That's it, though. You know what I'm saying? So, man, that that's what happened sophomore year. It was a whole, it was a business year. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm like, wow, like this is this ain't just hoop no more. Like this is some whole other shit. Man, absolutely. And and honestly, that's that that for you to you know bring that perspective, that's that's huge, man. Because uh, me personally, I ne- I never played college basketball, and I just you know played up up until high school. So to not to always think, you know, it's just about like all right, like put the roller ball out and line it up, and let's let's hoop and let's see who who's the better player. You know, to see that it's just really not to, to see that it's really not like that and hear it. You know, from 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 your perspective, is definitely a, a crazy thing. And also, just Justin played some uh, some college basketball. So Justin, like, you could t- to touch on like, how did you see some of that too, or like, how how was that for you? Yeah, no, I, I, same as Mike. Like, obviously, I played in Canada, so it's a little different. But uh, it's the same thing. It's it's a lot of politics involved. It's a lot of you know what what the coach wants. You could be the better player, but he's playing over you. The other dude's playing over you because he has some promises or something. But a lot of the similar thing, like it's once you the higher you go up in basketball, as you know, Mike, it's the more even more politics and it becomes even more of a business. So uh, same, same, similar thing, similar thing I experienced. Man, man, absolutely. Well, we appreciate that. Uh, but man, Mike, but, but before we get to before we get to you know your time going pro and really being a pro hooper, getting paid to do this, man, I want to know is you you played Division One? That's that's top of the top, man. So was there any teams that when you come through play, you was like, man, like, I'm not looking forward to playing this team <laughs> yeah, or playing this yeah. player. <laughs> so first, we I played my freshman year. I played against that Kentucky team with Fox Monk oh. and Bam. Oh. So like it's crazy because my senior year I didn't play we didn't play against De'Aaron but I had new Malik already because we played against him twice and we played against him junior year too he gave us fifty every time by the way he's like that we beat they his team was terrible we beat them but he there he was it was chalked that up for fifty he was he's like that I just want people to know that and then bam played against Adebayo, uh in the city of the Palms huge physical specimen and then. I didn't play against Darren Fox in high school. So we get Kentucky. I see it on a schedule at Rupp Arena. So I'm like, I know what time it is, right? Like, I'm excited. I like this type of environment, right? I knew we was going to lose by 50 when we on the plane going to Kentucky. You know what I'm saying? The boosters is there. So they put us on the PJ and everything. So, and I, this is when, one, I realized how blessed we were in high school because I done did this already. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh shit! Like, let me take a second and pray. Like, God, this, the life's been good. Like, I didn't, I don't know, I actually know how to get on one of these. They at the back tripping. Like, you know what I'm saying? They watching Kentucky highlights, saying, "Oh, he gonna do this to you." And he go that type of time. So I'm like, oh, we about to get scraped. They they starstruck. So that team was crazy. Ended up losing by like sixty something. Man, I don't think it was that bad. I think it was like forty something, but still it was terrible. And then. The other team I would say in conference, you really don't want to go is VCU. Nah, I got to mm, Dayton. You don't want to play in Dayton Arena. What what it's, makes it so hard? So okay, except for Kentucky because it's Kentucky. Most arenas go like this way, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Kentucky is like they on top of you. It kind of comes like this. 
but Dayton is also like this, but it's smaller. Kentucky holds 20,000. I think Dayton Arena hold maybe 11,000, and they sell out every game. And out of that 11,000, I'm going to say 10,000, maybe 9,500 is students. So it's loud from when you go out an hour and a half before the game for warm-ups to the last horn go. It's nothing but noise. And they play – they already play fast, but at home, their confidence is on another level. They play extra fast. Like, you, they get in the calls, obviously. It's, you, you just don't want to go play in, in Dayton, especially on a Saturday, like a, that 12 that – or not noon, that 2 to 3 p.m. game. Nah, you don't want that smoke. I promise you. Like, it's gonna get ugly in there. Like, <laughs> for sure. Man, that, now you play. You played in some tough places. I, I, I know that Kentucky playing there against all that talent, but at least you had a little bit of a background um, going into that, man. But um, so, Mike, I want to talk to you about your pro- professional career. You know, you, you. A lot of we've had some pros on here everyone's kind of story and how they hire an agent, what goes into it, potentially going to the league draft, all that. What was that experience like for you? So I think my story is a a little different. I've never tried the draft process and it's because, so I stayed my sophomore year, should have left again, didn't stay junior year. And that's the year my athleticism finally kicked in. So I'm like, oh, this is going to be a good year. Now I can do what I normally do, and I can go dunk some – oh, yeah, I'm about to have fun. So it goes south, though, because like you said earlier about the politics, you could be better than a dude, but new coach come in, he got his guys now, that's his guys. It's just that simple. So I end up transferring uh, at Christmas time. I go to University of Nevada with – my last semester of the Martin Twin, Caroline, that era with Musk, that last semester. So in my mind, he, he did a hell of a good job, especially at the Christmas time, of recruiting guys to keep up that same pace that they had been having the past couple of years. But in May, that's when he takes the Arkansas job. So I'm at the point now where I'm like, all right, I'm giving college basketball one more try. So I was going to transfer back to St. Louis University because they had a new coaching staff at the time. Um, he's like, you want to come home, bro? Like, come on. I hate scouting against you. I hate playing against you. So I know playing with you would be fun. I'm like, cool. I'm come back to the city last year and get up out of here. There's an anonymous phone call. Well, Mike technically transferred in conference to Kane Slough because he was only at Nevada for a semester. So that, that don't count. Uh, a transfer because it's not a whole year. They uh, grant it though. Oh yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, two year sentence, not the one at the time, or was going to be none because I was going to do a, a waiver coming back home. No, two years suspension. You guys sit. To- oh hell no. Yeah, I'm not sitting two years out in St. Louis too. I was like, you know what? I had a good enough freshman sophomore year. I'm just going to put it in God's hand. If it work, it work. If it don't, oh well. But I'm not about to sit in school for two more years. Absolutely not. And just practice? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Let's go drive, let drive anybody crazy. You know, especially after in October that year before I transferred in December, um, one of my closest friends died on campus. So I'm dealing with that too. 
So I'm like, yeah, no, I'm done with this. You know, I have a complete distaste for college basketball. It ain't, to me at the time, I was like, it ain't done nothing good for me. So I said, all right, I'm going to take a leap on faith. I end up getting an agent who I end up meeting um, the summer before 2019. I met him at Duquesne because Jimmy Butler came to our school uh, to play pickup. And it was his agent. So we met then, and he had actually worked with a dude that went to Duquesne years ago. So got him, um, and I was actually going to play for the Texas Legends G League team in uh, 2020. Some stuff happened, some more policy stuff happened. They ended up picking a dude where they was told me they was going to pick me in the G League draft and bump me out. All the other teams already had who they was going to pick because they knew I was supposed to be going to the Texas Legends. So that happens. So now we in October and, you know, it's hard to get in Europe once the season starts, especially as a rookie. Nobody knows you. They're not going to call you because at this point they're looking for people they know that can do what to replace other guys that didn't fit at first, you know. So the whole year go by and I ain't hooping. I'm staying in shape a little bit, but I'm talking I'm going through it. Like, just like that, basketball is taken away from me. And I didn't really do anything, like, negative to really, like, all right, I, I fucked up. Like, it wasn't really even on me. It was just situational. So I'm like, bro, like, it ain't no way you brought me this far to bring to drop me like this. It ain't no way. So it was tough, but, you know, I kept working out. You know what I'm saying? Stayed in shape. Did whatever. And I actually, this is how I know Duquesne know they messed up. They called my mom. They knew to call my mom, not me, because I wasn't answering the phone. They called my mom, though. Left a message and said, if Mike wants to finish his degree, it's on us, right? So Christmas come, and I'm like, well, I ain't doing much else. I might as well, because I know I go back to school. One is free. Two, I can get some money out of it, because I'm going to do the fast food thing, right? Mm-hmm. So my girl, shout out to Nina, she hoops too. That's where we met is that Duquesne. So she's still there. This is the second semester of my senior year is supposed to be. So I go back to Duquesne, but now I'm a student. And I have never felt so worthless, so humble, so whatever word you want to throw in because the same people that was cheering for you or being around you because you were who you were, the same ones laughing at you now. Like asking me on my way to class as a regular student, like, what happened? I thought you was going to the league. You was talking about this. You talk- Still, I can't cuss nobody out. I can't get no fight. I, I got to take this. I take this on the chin. Like, I take all my L's on the chin. But I'm talking about, you talking about pain, though. Man. So I'm living with my girl in her dorm on top of that, sleeping on the air mat, like, bad. I'm like, you know what? It ain't no way you bringing me through this. It's just, this is a lesson. So fast forward, and I, you know, I had COVID. This shit sucks. But personally, COVID saved my life. Because when COVID happened, school shut down. So when I got out of there, right before mentally, I was about to smack the hell out, smack somebody. Like, for real, you know? <laughs> so that school shut down. Me and my girl, we drive down to Houston. My mom's living down here now. She had moved from St. Louis. Um, and we live with my mom's. My girl just graduated. She just signed her first pro contract. She's playing in Hungary because that's where she's from. She's from Hungary. Um, so she's like, I'm going to get you a job. I'm like, all right, bro. Like, I didn't had a whole agent. He ain't did nothing. He got a hundred million dollar player in his roster. He couldn't do nothing for me. So what you about to do? Mm-hmm. I ain't say all that, but I was thinking. I'm like, all right, cool. I bullshit you not, bro. A week later, we in the same apartment complex. 
She's like, yeah, it's a team of hungry. The coach like, you got your film? I had to sell my laptop because I needed some money. So I was like, oh, I got to figure something out. So I went, bought a little BS laptop off uh, Facebook Marketplace, logged into my email. Thank God I remember my email. Went downloaded the old film games and stuff, sent it to him. Actually, I got it. would cost me $12 to get the software that I needed. And I had like $13 in my account at the time. I was like, this is my only chance, though. So he has to get this, these games now. Send them to him. She leaves, goes back. About three, four days after that, she called me and said, they're going to give you a contract. She said, they ain't got much. They got like $1,900, two grand a month. But it's Hungarian A-League. Two years ago, this was a Euro Cup team. They fallen off a little bit, but like, it's a new coach. He like your game. He want to give you an opportunity, but they want to bring you in on a tryout because you haven't played. They want to make sure you're still in shape. Thank God I stayed in shape. <laughs> so Man. I get the hungry, bro, and I ain't looking back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, you kid, man. That's that's a story. That's that that's is a story. story, man. And that's that's a great because obviously in your first year, and you talk about not looking back. You know all, all that background. So you're, the team, I'm, I'm gonna mess up. PVSK Viola. PV, it's called PVSK Viola. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And then, <laughs> what, what did you do in that year? You talk about not looking back. You averaged 16 uh, a game, three boards, two assists, on a 55% from the field, 43% from the three-point line. Insane. That's that's just those are some video. Those are like some some 2K numbers for real, but. But talk about that season, man. You you took all this time off. You had that whole journey. Um, I know this is where the chip on the shoulder comes in, into play for you, man. But talk about that season. Your first year in Hungary, overseas, mm. out of your element. So it wasn't as shell-shocking because I'm kind of an open person anyway, so that helps personality-wise. And then my girl – family they live in Budapest so that was like two hours away and she played like three hours away so I would never go a month without having a familiar face file right so that really helped me but to be honest with you bro I didn't care where I was at I was so locked in like my my apartment that year bro was the size of this couch I'm sitting on you feel me like I didn't care if I wasn't in the gym I was at the crib watching film I was studying Europe, seeing certain places people go year to year to move up in the ranks. Like, I'm talking about, I really, I was locked in. So that whole year really was like a blur almost because I like blacked out for the whole year almost. Because I'm like, I know if I am not successful this year, this shit's over. End of conversation. So that's why I was like, okay, I really got to focus. So that's why those numbers are the way they were because I was, when I tell you, I was, on some whole other level, like out-of-body experiences in games. I'm talking about I was really on that type of time. So the year itself, I'll say the biggest thing to adjust to was you go from using skill and athleticism, the American style, to Europe is more IQ-based, you know. That's a lot more team-oriented, but they still want you to be that American get-buckets type. So you got to find how am I going to have the best of both worlds, you know. Um, And then the physicality, obviously. It's a lot of stuff that's fouls here. They ain't going to even – Think about calling a foul. Um, so once you get used to that type of stuff, I think that was the biggest thing. But I also knew, okay, yeah, I'm getting pushed around every couple possessions here and there, coming over screens, not getting over screens because I'm 22 at the time. And I'm playing in the, uh, one of the, the best leagues. So it's like 
I just tell like my competitors, like, it's cool. Y'all got grown man weight. And I ain't got that yet. Wait till I get 25. Mm-hmm. It's just some stuff that you're just going to get away with because I'm 22. Like, it's cool. But right. you got to catch me, too. When I get this ball, catch me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. So right. it's, it's, it was it was cool, man. But, yeah, man, I was still to this day. But, yeah, I'm, I was locked in, bro. Like, on a whole, it's my whole other shit. Man, and you really were because – the fifty three percent, like that's and and forty three percent from the from the feet from the three point line. That's that's insane. So, talk, but talk about specifically within your game. You know, you talked about being locked in, but in terms of we know the game in Europe is in Hungary for sure is different than when you're playing Division One and over uh, in the states and everything. But what specifically about your game were you able to shoot at that efficiency and that clip um, in your first year over there in Hungary? Um, one, I would say being able to take my time because the game isn't as athletic. So a lot of moves and a lot of, um, situations you might go through in America where you have to rush cause you got somebody six, eight with a 40 inch closing out on you. I'd never had, I didn't have it. So my whole life I've been having to get stuff off quick. Oh, I got to get this quick floater, get this quick one leg layup. Like, you telling me I can go in the lane process and then shoot a floater and he's not going to block it? Oh, so I can slow down. Okay, cool. You know, so I feel like that was um, the biggest thing was that. And then, I mean, my ability to really just fit in, you know, like, I don't know, I don't know how or why God blessed me with this, but it's just, he just blessed me. I can just fit in and play with anybody almost. Like, if he like to shoot 30 times a game, cool, I can play with him. If he need a little motivation, cool, I can play with him. Y'all want me to come pass first? I can do that. If you want me to come score first? I can do that. Like, it's just, I can just fit, you know? So I think that helped me a lot too, just being able to feel a good piece. And then, you know, listening. A lot of dudes I learned here, especially in here, they come over and they just think they know everything and oh, I ain't supposed to be over here. It's like, no, I'm grateful to be here. So I want to learn. And, you know, you have that mindset too. Stuff happens for you, so. For sure. And, uh, and, and and in that season, I know it was the COVID season. Was there people in the crowd and everything, or was it just kind of uh, just and normal actually, thing over there? Yeah, no, I think that year, there was a couple of games where we had a few people. But for the most part, no, it was like practice. And that was an, actually, that's another thing. It feel like practice. It ain't no fans. It ain't nobody talking to you. It's just us. I can hear the coaches' calls, all that. So it really felt like practice, and that's another reason numbers look like that. It ain't feel real almost. Right. Talk, um, and and then a big game that I have listed here, December eighth, uh, twenty twenty. You had a twenty five point. So at the time, it would uh, twenty five point against KSE on a on a like again astonishing numbers. You said locked in like this is crazy. Six for six from uh from the from two point line. From two point or from two pointers and then four for six from the three point line on eighty three percent from the field. Talk to us about that game. You talk about blackout mode. I feel I have a feeling <laughs> that was kind of one of those games. Right? <laughs> so my so my coaches after a couple of months where they're getting to know me, they know okay, it's like yeah, he's quiet, but like he like to get after it. So they find my trigger points. So mm-hmm. the night before they go to practice, the night before that game, he in the huddle was like, yeah, we playing against uh, one of the best guards in the league. No, actually, he said, we playing against the best guard in the league under the age of 25 tomorrow. And I said, 
And I like, I wasn't paying attention for real. I'm looking around, my teammates are laughing and looking at me, and I'm like, what? And y'all ain't here. You hear what he said? I said, nah. He's like, you play against the best guard on the age of 25 tomorrow. He's averaging, like, I think he was averaging like 20 at the time in the league. I said, are we playing against ourselves? Like, he was like, oh, you funny. No, like, such and such, such and such. I said, oh, you saying he going to give me 30? Like, this this what the conversation is? Because, you know, some of the European countries don't speak English. So and it's my first year, so I'm not understanding the jokes at this point. I'm like, oh, you say he going to give me 30? And everybody was like, yeah. I started laughing. I was like, all right, cool. And, you know, that night happened. So, you know. <laughs> That's all I needed. That's all I needed to hear. Because I think I was right. kind of struggling a little bit at that time. The couple games before that, you know, he hit the rookie wall. It's like, oh, I'm not in America. Like, all that stuff started kicking a little bit. Um, so, he could tell I needed that a little bit. So, yeah, that that's the conversation before that game. Was that kind of your, your welcome to, like, you, you're, you're, you're here, you've arrived in the pros kind of moment? Or was there something before that that, you, that, that stuck out to you in, in terms of that? I would say really my uh, first real game um, because – I had two dunks in that game and I had dunked the ball once in the game my entire life before that. So it was just like, okay, well, yeah, shit's changed. Good. Yeah. Like it, it's changed. Uh, life's different now. And then after being off almost a year and a half, I think my first game, I think I had like 16, four and three or something like that. And it to be, you know, against a pretty good team too. It was like, all right, yeah, like we're gonna be able to do this for real. Like it ain't no more doubts. If there was doubts, there's no more doubts or nerves, I would say. So now let's lock in and see how far we're gonna take it. So I would really say like the first game of the season is when it happened. Okay. Any any tough matchups? Uh it doesn't have to be specifically named, like teams you played in that first year. What was that like? So Outside of all my American homies, when we all go at it, that's always fun. Um, but I would say, yes, bro. So in Hungary, it's, I have my girlfriend laughing about this all the time. It's this, I do not know his name. I wish I did. But he's like 41, 42 now. He was 40 when we played against him. He's a Hungarian guard, bro. Little, I'm talking about probably five, seven, a buck 30. Mm-hmm. But when I tell y'all he get buckets and he's so smart, like he cut for example, he got this one shot. He come off of pick and roll going left and he's shooting with one leg fade off the left and it's hitting glass and he's shooting glass, but he's trying to do this and he's hitting it consistently. And I couldn't guard it. And it was pissing me off. Cause I'm like, bro, how's this little dude out here? Oh, little dude cooking me like this. Like every time we play them, he's going to get 20 at least. It's just that one dude, I, I can't <laughs> figure it out. And it, it drives me crazy to this day. But definitely shout out to, he plays, in, I, I don't know if he still plays it, but he was a team called Ketchkin in Hungary, man. Shout out to him, man. Man, that's that's crazy, dog. You know, often when we talk to people about, like, uh, people that have played in the States and played overseas, they always say that, like, overseas like you could you could get away with not being as athletic it's just if you know the game if you got great footwork if you just you, and out here you could just kind of be a, a bouncy player or just someone that's extremely fast or just tall and they'll kind of give you that give you that chance but out there like if you're not fun, fundamentally sound don't really understand the game that's when it really starts to you know, that's when it starts to get 
get to you, man. So, so then, all right, man. So then, so then, Mike, right? We, we know we've gone through your, your your high school time. We've gone through you know your time in college. We've gone through a very a very successful pro career. And you know you're you're a very young cat, but what I want to know is what's next for you, Mike? Like what's what what's upcoming for you, and what what can the world expect from Mike Lewis the second coming up? Um, man, that's a great question. Uh, well, first, like I told you earlier, I gave y'all an early scoop. I'm going to Italy this year. Uh, I'm going to play in Italy. What they call it? Serie A two. Uh, I'm going to Latina, Italy. It's a, a beautiful city from what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing online. Um, but outside of basketball, man, I would say, besides my brand, Young Kings, which is you know, more of a community that I'm trying to build to kind of give guys game on, like, what's really going on out here and what ain't going on, you know, um, along with, like, some financial help and other little things, they're trying to just build a community of, you know, African-American males and, you know, other ethnicities, other minorities to like, you know, kind of help each other out because we got to start building and helping each other. This whole, I'm versus you, I don't like this shit is stupid, bro. Mm-hmm. It's stupid. It's strength in numbers. Like, it's just, and every other culture sticks together and that's why they are the way they are. Like, it's ridiculous. Um, But and outside of that, man, I don't know, bro. I, I kind of take it year by year, you know, see what blessing pop up and then, you know, add that to the list. But I don't know, man. I'm in a point in life now where I kind of just want to focus more on just enjoying the moment. You know, I've spent so much time getting to this point of processing and planning and strategic. Like, I kind of just want to just go with the moment for a couple of years and then allow stuff to keep popping up. Absolutely, man. That's to to be real with you. That's when the best things happen in life, man. That's when, exactly. <laughs> that's when the best things happen in life. So, yeah, so exactly. That's, that's, that's amazing, man. So. And man, Mike. Uh, so w- before we get you out of here, uh, you know, if there's a little kid out there listening, if there's somebody that want to be like Mike Lewis, that 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 want to that want to, you know, be able to get knocked down but be able to get back up, be able to beat the odds, be able to bet on themselves. Um, what's what, what's a piece of advice or you know maybe a sense or two that you would give a young cat out there who's trying to have the same career like you do? The first thing I would say is you're going to 100% go through something that has a chance to break you. Don't let it. I don't know. If you pray, if you meditate, you know, whatever you do, do it. Um, and then the second piece of advice I would give, I would probably say, be smarter and older than your age. Because especially if you talk about an athletic world, you don't have time to do something. You know, you got to start early. So that means being more mature, not having as much fun, sacrificing for now, for later. So being more mature and smarter than your actual age, you know. So those are the two biggest things I would say I will probably give as of now. Man, absolutely. That's that that that's amazing, man. And for and I hope for mm-hmm. family out there listening, man, that you guys, you know, take can can, can take heed of that advice. Cause what I always tell people is like if you're trying to get somewhere and somebody already there, like you'd be crazy to not take advice from that person. So if there's anybody out there trying to make it, man, definitely uh, you know, listen, he listening to our guy Mike, man. But uh, but man, so Mike, we we appreciate you, you know, doing this, uh doing this interview with us, man. This is this was great. Um, but I, but, but before before we get you out of here, I just need the auto family and everybody to definitely show some love to Mike, man. Uh, I'm gonna leave uh, all of Mike's social media um, 
Mike, if you got any young kings in it and then any of that social media, I will tag all that in the description down below, man. So for everybody to just stay up to date with that. Uh, and then Mike, is there anything that you want to, you know, you want to shout out while you have this platform? Oh man, just be blessed, man. Make sure y'all stay prayed up. It's, it's a lot of stuff going on right now. Um, be cool, be kind to your family and your friends. Understand who your real friends are. Um, and man, have fun, enjoy life. We all spend so much time being stressed. I, it's stressful enough. You don't need to stress yourself out, man. Have some fun. Yes, sir, Mike. Appreciate you you coming on the show, man. Appreciate you talking about your journey. It's definitely an interesting one. It's definitely an aspiring um, pro journey, especially and and especially the advice after because we always ask that our our guests to to shed a little light, like on and off the court, and advice to get where they're at because you're obviously successful on and off the court because you, you, you come off as a cool dude. So I really appreciate it, man. Thanks, my man. I appreciate y'all for having me, bro, for real. We locked yes, in now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We, we locked in, man. So for all the family, make sure you guys stay up to date with, with Michael. Everything will be in the description down below. And don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. And that's it. We out of here, y'all. Clutch Talk out. Peace.